when a Trekkie and a Hoovian get together with a mission to convert each other. Find out as Phoenix and Stu take it in turns to show off episodes of Star Trek and Doctor Who, all with the aim of getting each other to love their show. Experience the highs and lows of each series and come with us for the ride as we travel from Trek to Who. Hello and welcome back to Trek to Who with me, Phoenix. And me, Stu. Hi. And it's time to take another trek back to Star Trek Voyager, this time to season two, and an episode that is seen as quite controversial, quite emotional, but a very, very, very good episode, and certainly within my list of top episodes from Star Trek Voyager. Hopefully, you're going to understand why I wanted Stu to watch this one so much, because the conflict of emotions within it comes across so, so well. But, Stu, are you looking forward to seeing it? What's it called? It's called Tuvix. Sounds like a cough mixture. It does a little bit. It makes me think of Tixie Licks. Yes. <laughs> or Vicks Vape Rub. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I could go off on a tangent on, on things like that because I like the smell of them or, or whatever, but... But no, Star Trek Voyager, my favourite of all of the Star Trek series, has so many good episodes, but for so many different reasons, whether it be the storyline itself or whether it just be the way the characters are portrayed in a particular episode, right. emotions and things like that. Tuvix is one of those that is, in places, a bit hard to watch, but at the same time, it's a must-watch for anybody who likes Star Trek or new to Star Trek or just wants to see something different with Trek because there are some hard-hitting episodes but there are a lot of light-hearted ones and this one's really not light-hearted for the most part so it's a little bit darker than some of the ones that I've already shown I mean we've had uh, Deep Space Nine where we had Rejoined um, which was only really controversial because of the whole lesbian kiss thing. Um, that, that was pretty light-hearted. It was in pretty. A way. Light, it was pretty light-hearted in a way, and even Caretaker, when we watched yeah. that, was quite light-hearted. Yeah, they're flung to the deepest, darkest regions of the Nether universe, and they're still laughing and joking about it. Yeah, exactly. They still, they don't let it get to them. No, but there's a completely different feel with Tubix. So that's something to look out for when we watch that in just a moment. Okay, then Phoenix has got the DVDs. He's put it on. We've got the complete Voyager season right here. And so if you want to watch along with us, it's possibly on a streaming service, maybe Paramount Plus or Netflix or whatever. But if you're watching a DVD, then that is the best solution because at least you've got a hard copy and no one's going to delete it from their hard drive. No, exactly. So... 
safe physical media hashtag it's uh, <laughs> i know i i'm a big collector of dvds and cds and so i'm all in favor of physical media where possible i'm exactly the same i mean you've seen how many cds i've got in my house you've seen how many i've got <laughs> i mean i lost count of four thousand it's crazy four thousand cds yep how long would it take to listen to each one? Oh gosh i mean i've got enough music to last a lifetime but the collection still grows Yes, every time we go out somewhere to a charity shop or to a jumble sale or car boot sale or, or whatever, car boot sale is something in Britain where people congregate on a large field and sell goods from the boots or trunks of their cars to yeah. passers-by. That's a car boot sale. I mean, it's sort of like um, a more public equivalent of a yard sale. Yes, yes. Basically, instead of a yard sale or a, gar- a garage sale, then uh, it's a car boot sale. And we all congregate on a field and uh, people pay uh, money to set up their pitch, as it's called, and then they sell goods clothes or bric-a-brac or um, that's anything and everything basically um objects of uh, questionable quality uh, (laughs) all from the boots of their cars and i've gotten loads of my collection from car boot sales yeah Uh, same i mean i I, i'll leave with at least one from every visit one cd from every visit minimum um sometimes more although it will never be the same as that one charity shop we went in in skegness that time when they were reduced we were still doing the charity shop challenge oh, on our radio show yes with our two pound limit to see how many cds we could buy for that and then we'd play tracks uh, from them on the show and that particular day our two pound limit got us 24 cds we managed to do a whole two hour two hours of radio just off that we must have worn out that charity shop challenge jingle oh we must have yeah <laughs> that yeah I mean, that, but, that was one of the highlights of that particular challenge i have to admit because uh, we never in, in our dreams to be ever imagined we'd be able to get so much for such a small amount of money and then make so much radio content out of it you know so i mean that's why things like the podcast were born as well because you know with our love for radio and our history of radio um we wanted to be able to still present some kind of media but without the same kind of limitations that you have in radio and that's where trek to who was born it's a good idea it's a very good idea and it does open each of us up to other avenues of sci-fi that we might not have uh, gone for before and see how we like it and that's the whole point of it right then let's stop let's watch two vix two vix two vix and let's see what we think of it then it's very rated very highly in phoenix's score let's see how high i rate it then we're going to watch it then press play on your dvd or your stream of choice in three two one let's have a super cut have our thoughts throughout the episode then we'll come back and rate it and see what we think after we watch Tuvix then here we go you like this episode I hope so I hope so interesting title Tuvix mm. not often you get Neelix and Tuvok together mm. they're so different in personality that plays a part in this episode. As you well know by now, Mr. Neelix, I do not experience exhilaration. I do not experience exhilaration. <laughs> That's just two vog all over. You can have that printed on a t-shirt. It's shining, it's beautiful. The weather is certainly adequate for our purposes. More 
Yeah, he doesn't experience joy. <laughs> no, too fucking huge. Could be more or less like myself. Both at the same time. Imagine Tuvok singing a song. That's the funny thing though, Tim Russell plays Tuvok, he's actually a very good singer. Oh, starless night of boundless black. That lovely tune is a traditional funeral dirge. Nothing to worry about. Just a little mess up. Who the sinking hell is that? That you will find out very shortly. Well, he's a handsome little devil, isn't he? Mm. Must be one of the uh, natives from the uh, from the planet, scooped up by mistake. Like wondering why the hell is he on the starship? Love this theme though. Me too, it's my favourite of all the Trek themes. It's so evocative. The Trek themes that are actually Trek, anyway. <laughs> that, now, now, now. Uh, going where the heart will take me, that is a great song. It's a great song, song in its own right, it's just... I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's not Trek. No, it was written for <laughs> Patch Adams by uh, Rod Stewart. Yeah. It's a Rod Stewart song. Yeah. Faith of the Heart. Faith of the Heart. Faith yeah. of the Heart, yes. I mean, it is a great song. At some point, we will listen to that song and analyse it and, and yeah. say why we don't think it's Trek but why we do like it I'd love you know, one song. Of little, you because know, we've done that before with the other little extra with that other song that your friend recommended we Love Joy to. Love Joy that's the one so we could do the same kind of thing with that song couldn't we but this is just so optimistic you know mm. it's so like, yes, we're going on a journey, but don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Mm, That's what this theme is. Ba, 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 ba. Get security. Intruder alert, transporter room one. Identify yourself. I'm Lieutenant Tuvok. No, you're not. You're not Tuvok. And I'm Felix. Oh, crap. I'm also picking up traces of a third genetic pattern. It appears to be plant-based. The orchids. We had gotten several dozen samples of orchids. They were in our sample containers. Did, did the orchids make them merge together or something? Torres said you were having trouble with the molecular imaging scanners. It does appear that right. way. Yeah. The alien plant life. It's like in Pokemon, grass is uh, super effective against rock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think about that. It's like it gets inside the machinery, gunks it up. Yeah. I always imagine that whenever I'm doing like vine whip against a geodude, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, no, I'm like getting in, in the little cracks and crannies of the geodude, and he's just like feeling really uncomfortable, and so he just breaks apart because he can't stand it. Oh. Anyway, this isn't Pokemon. This is Star Trek. Oh, Kess, are you still in love with him? Hey. It would be really hard on Kess, wouldn't it? Because one of the two is her partner. Yes. So, you know, you've got to think, how would you think that happened? Depends who it was. Depends who it merged with. You know who it reminds me of? Wayne, Wayne Brady from Whose Lines Anyway? <laughs> yes, a little bit, yeah. He's so upbeat and jolly. Frankly, I'm restless. Aww. 
He's... Oh, they should... And that was an elixism. Yeah, he should stay. That's why this episode can be seen as controversial. Okay. But I won't spoil it for you. All right. Oh, I love him. He's so lovable. He is a great character. Yeah. imagining it they're all in the beam of light mm. scattered about and then they've got the the pollen or whatever from the uh, from the flowers and they've just gone yeah. together and then but i like mixed the way together. they came to that conclusion and they started bouncing off each other to fill in the blanks yeah that's how a meeting should be that is although i do like the idea of standing up in a packed meeting room and just yelling sex yes sex <laughs> now that I've got your attention, sex! <laughs> what a chaos in the kitchen! Mm. Holy hell! And Kess has relaxed a little more around two weeks now. So you really enjoyed the crepes? Ah, oh, they're absolutely delicious. Don't you think Ilk's always made them a little too spicy? Oh, oh no. She's, she's pulling away. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not good. Well, it's a, a huge thing to get your head around. The person you love is no longer technically there, but part of them is in somebody else. That's going to be uber confusing. The whole is never greater than the sum of its parts. Mm. But everyone's thinking two mix is better than having two box and Neelix on their own. Because they haven't got the annoyingness from Neelix. And they haven't got the uh, lack of joy. The um, seriousness. Yeah, just the whole pessimism almost. Yeah, it's less pessimism because he's he doesn't feel joy doesn't feel sadness he doesn't it, feel anything it's, it's just emotionless it, it, it is what it is mm. the lack of emotion from Tuvok I'm an incredibly skilled doctor and I will continue to pursue a safe and effective treatment until I find one but I won't lie to you I'm not optimistic mm. it could take months even years to find a solution months or years of having Tuvoks around We've got to think about it. Both people, both Tuvok and Neelix, were valued members of the crew, friends to various people and whatever in their own rights. So several people have lost two friends, even if they're gaining another. And they might not get on the same way with Tuvix as they did with either one or of the other. Since in a way we've only known each other a few days. <laughs> but I want you to know. Oh my word. That's a bit deep, too, Bix. <laughs> that is. What about, what about too much life for one thing? 
Yes, two folks' wife. What happens when Voyager gets back home? Are you just going to forget her? I could never forget to hell. I carry two folks' love for her inside me, and I would never ask you to. Oh, they they do kiss. Sort of. Kisses on the cheek, so yeah, but oh, and she doesn't know what to make of it. I wonder if it reminds her of Neelix's kiss or... Maybe. Um, to know. It's difficult, isn't it? Imagine yeah. the person that you love has been symbiotically attached to somebody else. And so you would be kissing the person you, you only think of as a friend. Yeah. Alongside it the person that you love. There's a level of awkwardness to it, doesn't it? Wow, it, it's just like... Even if you like somebody as a friend, you may be, like, repulsed by them physically, you know, sexually. So, does she feel that way about Tuvok? That the thought of kissing mm. Tuvok is just like, ew, no way, ew. Which would also yeah. make it even harder with the whole Tuvix thing. Or is it a, I like you as a friend, never ever thought of you as a, a partner. And now I'm confused. Now I'm confused. Now I think I'm yeah. feelings in that way as well, yeah. Exactly. So, it, it could be either. Either. Is... Uh, an ethical discussion to be had within this lot. Oh yeah. Is it's nice that in this episode you see some of the softer side of Captain Janeway, because normally you see her in action and she has yes. to be calculated and she has to be on in control of everything. Um, she doesn't always get the chance to show her emotional side, her maternal side. Um, she's effectively mothering Kess. She's a bit the same later on in the series for Seven of Nine as well. She's like a mother figure to her. I'll go now. Okay. When the hell did he get a clarinet? He's had it all along. No, because... He has had it all along technically. You just don't see him play it very often. In the last episode of Voyager that we saw called Caretaker, <clears throat> Janeway was talking to Tuvok, I think, about... I heard from Harry's parents. They wanted to know if they, they could send the clarinet along. I told him it was too late. Oh, he might have replicated one. Right, okay. He probably replicated one because he couldn't get his. <laughs> okay. Just like, where the hell does this come from? Randomly, you're a clarinet player, Harry. Yeah, I mean, the replicators can create all sorts. Because remember when Neelix first came aboard and he asked two box, can your replicators create me a uniform like yours? They do create clothing, but Tuvok originally said no, because Neelix is not a Starfleet officer. In fact, the only time I remember ever seeing Neelix in uniform is one of my favourite two-part episodes. Called? Year of Hell. Year of Hell. And yet an episode or two called Year of Hell is your favourite? Yes. (laughs) Okay. You'll see why when we get round to watching those. I can't wait. it's very dark, very different, and... I can tell with Year of Hell, it's hardly going to be them taking place in this bar, is it? But it's it's a very, very good two-parter, even if it is dark. I guess that this bar is on the holodeck. Yes. Thank you. I just thought randomly they have an Irish bar on the ship. No, it's most definitely the holodeck. There we go. Which, if I was on a ship like that, I would spend the majority of my time in the holodeck because I'd be able to live in all the different games and movies that I've loved you'd be able to live in a swimming pool yes that too Mr Fire sign that loves water I know I know it's weird Good he's a Sagittarius right and yet he hates the heat 
and loves winter and loves being in water. I know, I know, it's weird, but still, I'm weird anyway, so it kind of fits. <laughs> friends. Oh, that friend, friend, zone. friend zone, it kills you. Oh, I've been there so many times. So many times it kills you inside. You have to find the, the strength to carry on, though. Mm. you've got to find something to hang on to in order to pull you through it if you're really in love with the person you want them to be happy and if their happiness is you as a friend then you damn well deal with it no exactly <laughs> as difficult as that can be sometimes. exactly we've come up with a radioisotope that attaches itself to the DNA of one of the merged species but not the other then we simply beam out the selected DNA and segregate the two merged species oh they're going to be back to two. You see these? This is where it starts to divide, friends. We've accounted for every variable. Because there's the ethics behind it. Because technically, Tuvix is a life. He is alive. He has a right to be alive. He just said, I don't want to die. Exactly. You know, Tuvix will die to bring Tuvok and Neelix back. Oh. And it goes back to... Oh, wow. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yes. Which is, I think, the route that was going down. But this, this the whole ethical thing of what do we do? Do we get rid of this one life form to bring our two friends back? Or do we not technically commit murder and leave this one life form that's the essence of both? You know, what would you do in that situation? We wouldn't know because we'd never be faced with it. My big question would be, my number one question would be, would the two separated beings have memories of dying? Would they have the pain of dying as Tuvix? I wouldn't have thought they'd have the pain because of it being in the transporter. But whether or not they'd have memories from their time as Tuvix, I don't know. I don't know about, I'm not worried about having memories as Tuvix. I'm worried about the dying bit. Uh, if they can keep the memories as Tuvix and then suddenly they are two people again and it's an instant process, I'd have no problem with... I mean, because it's with the transporter, it's kind of an instant process in, in, in a way because it, it'll be like he's beaming out somewhere but then the two of them being yeah. in because he's being separated that yeah. way. I'd have no problem so with... it be painless. Yeah, I'd have no problem. As long as the... Create, you know, recreated two species or two beings don't have memories of dying and aren't in pain and uh, it's an instant thing it's a no-brainer yes you're killing one thing to have two but if you've got no memory of that and you've only got memories you're not really inflicting anything on them as such yeah but at the same time do you not think that Tuvix has the right to be alive as a life form yes of course he does he does and it should also be his choice yes it should be his choice it should he should make it himself come to a conclusion himself what Yes, you do. That's very eloquently put. Mm. Yes, you have the right very, to live. Very hard-hitting and powerful, isn't yes. it? Like, you know, this isn't just oh. some le two Lego sets combined that you're going to take apart and put back together as their respective sets. This is a living yes. being you're thinking of separating into two. Damn. 
mm-hmm. taking away a life to bring two back, which is where the ethics comes in. Security to the bitch. Commander, you better stand by and do nothing while she commits murder. What? Mr. Ayala! Oh, this is sad. He's like an animal trapped in a corner. God breaks your heart. Mm. I forgive you. He knows he's gonna die. He's been led to his death, and he says, "I forgive you." Yeah. God. It's horrible. It's heart wrenching, isn't it? Oh, this is Catherine at her bitchiest. And that's the controversial part of this episode: the fact that she made that decision. It wasn't Tuvix's choice. She's forced him to go through this to bring Tuvok and Tuvok and Neelix back. And a lot of people believe that she had no right to make that decision. I'm sorry, Captain, but I cannot perform the surgical separation. I am a physician, and a physician must do no harm. I will not take Mr. Tubik's life against his will. Very well, Doctor. Please step aside. I assume this is the radioisotope. Is she going to do it herself? Not only has she made the decision, she's actually going to do it herself. You can see now why I wanted you to see this episode in particular, because it, it covers some topics that you don't really see very often. It's not topic. She's looking in his eyes. I mean, it's a very hard decision for anyone to make, but it wasn't meant to be her decision. But you can tell by the look in her eyes that it's breaking her heart too, because she didn't want to do that, but at the same time she really wanted Tupac and Neelix back. Oh, I didn't see that. I just saw a determination there to do it. Yeah, it was a bit, that was there as well, but there was definitely a hint of, I wish I didn't have to do this. Hey, it worked! Now I now, see yeah. it. Now I see it. That's the heartbreak right there. God, she is broken. Mm. No, no, that gave her humanity right at the very end, that look. Yeah, that last bit. That last little look gave her a little sense of humanity back again. Yes, but that is one of those episodes that has been really divisive among the fan base. There are a lot of people that agree that she did the right thing because the two characters were needed to progress the plot because, you know, they'd already had their character development and, you know, had already cemented their places within the crew whereas Tuvix hadn't there were some people that didn't like Tuvix but liked the others but then there were the people that thought that she made completely the wrong decision it wasn't even her right to make that decision and that it should have been down to him and if he decided he wanted to stay they should have kept Tuvix in it and that he or at least strung it out over a few episodes and then maybe a few episodes down the line it's up to you. Would yes. you like to go back to how you were? Yes. Or would you like to stay as you are? And then let him make that decision. He'd made that decision. I don't want to die, were his words. Yeah. I don't want to die. He'd made that decision to stay as Tubix. But that right 
which we consider a human right, the right to choose our own path, was taken away from him by the one person who's supposed to have everybody's backs. And that's what hurt the fan base so much, and that's why it's such a controversial episode. But also why it's in my sort of top 20 episodes out of the whole seven seasons. Because you don't see that side of Captain Janeway very often. You, and you don't see a switch almost straight away from, oh, I'm going to do this to, oh my gosh, what have I done, kind of thing. The, the whole heartbreak in her face. You do see it a- across the seven seasons uh, from time to time. You know, that, that sort of real softened look and like she's about to burst into tears or something. You do see it, but not as often, especially early on like that, because this is only season two. So, it, you know, you don't see it as often. It's a season two. And just imagine any other series doing this in their second season. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get Next Generation doing it. Next Generation, in my opinion, was mm, slightly below par till about season three. And then it picked up. Same with Deep Space Nine till about season four, and then it picked up. You know, but with Voyager, it was, from the word go, it was just brilliant. Well, it was a family in space. It was, yeah, it was brilliant from start to finish. And I think it's that isolation of them being separated from everybody else and only having each other and becoming that family unit that made the series as a whole, all seven seasons, so strong. It gave them so many possibilities for character development, for storylines, and everything like that. But also meant that there were limitations with what they could do because of where they were and, and who they were and the fact that they were a unit. But they still managed to draw it out for seven seasons and come up with many, many fantastic episodes. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some more because what I've seen so far, Voyager, is my favourite Star Trek. Yeah, it's got to be my favourite. Um, I've got to say my favourite Doctor Who series is controversial as well. My favourite Doctor Who series is Series 6. It's Matt Smith's second. And that is the family in space. Mm. That's um, Matt Smith's Doctor, Rory, Amy, River Song all travelling together in the TARDIS, basically, uh, or, you know, going on adventures and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Series 6, The Family in Space. And that's why I like Voyager as well, because it's a big family. But yeah. that was just heartbreaking. It was. That was horrible. It, it, it really is one of those ones that tugs at your heartstrings, and it makes you wrestle with your own feelings, because when you try normally when you try and empathise and put yourself in that situation. Most times in life, you'll come across situations that you can imagine yourself in and think, like, what would I do or how would I feel and use that to support someone else accordingly or or so on. But with a situation like what we've just witnessed in Tuvix, when in real life are you going to come across uh, anything like that? At the moment, that's not something you or I would ever face. No, not in our lifetime, I don't and think. And therefore, it's impossible, really, to fully understand the reasoning behind Captain Janeway's decision, um, the ethics behind it all, and the feelings that everybody's going through as a result of what happened. So it's not one of those things where, oh, yeah, well, I'd do this, well, I'd do that. Yes, <laughs> you may, but there is no right or wrong answer, in a sense. But at the same time, if you look at it in an ethical way... Did Catherine Janeway make the wrong decision? 
or do you think she made the right decision? I think maybe that would be a good audience question. Okay, yeah, that's a great audience question. Did Catherine Janeway make the right decision in uh, killing Tuvix to free Tuvok and Neelix from his body to give them life again? Or would it have been better to keep Tuvok and Neelix contained within Tuvix and allow Tuvix to live? Um, is that the best of both worlds? Because in a, in essence, you've got Tuvok and Neelix living through Tuvix, so you're not actually losing anything, really. No, exactly. It's a really tricky one. But you can tell us what you think about that decision. If you haven't seen the episode, go ahead and watch it and then let us know what you think at trektowho at gmail.com. That's T-R-E-K-T-O-W-H-O at gmail.com. That's right. All right, then time for me to give a verdict then. Um, yeah, what can you give it to this one? Oh, my God. I was so certain that it was going to be like an eight because I was loving it right up until those last caged animal minutes. Those, oh, and then that was just like, what the hell? This isn't pleasant. This is Catherine committing murder. This is a it's like a cat or a dog and it's being scared out of its wits and you're you're you've got a cage you've got it against a corner and it's so scared and she's not helping oh god i'm gonna go right down the middle i'm gonna give it a six because that was heartbreaking i can under i can understand that i mean from uh, from my point of view it does score higher purely because of the rest of the episode. Oh, yeah, it's a great um, drama, yeah. But, yes, you're right. Those last few scenes um, from right up when she says she's made the decision, the way he reacts and the way it's all dealt with is thoroughly heartbreaking, and that does bring its score down slightly, so I can understand why you've done the same thing. For me, it would be an 8.5. All right, then, who do you agree with? Uh, T-R-E-K-T-O-W-H-O at gmail.com. who at gmail.com is our email. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, then I'm on Instagram as Mundane Insane, and you're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yes, uh, my Instagram is burning underscore phoenix, phoenix spelled with a Y, and my Twitter is dragonstooth89. All right, then. Next time, it's up to me to pick a Doctor Who episode for Phoenix to watch. Now, do you fancy doing classic Doctor Who or modern Doctor Who? Ooh, oh. we've had a couple of classic ones so far, so let's go a bit more modern, shall we? All right, then. Peter Capaldi. How's that? All right. We're going to do Peter Capaldi, and again, controversial. Mm. Okay? This is... This story this episode i'm going to show you next time is controversial in a couple of ways the resolution and also what the hell is the doctor doing you know it it's a kind of so it's a bit similar to tuvix in a way no. because you wonder what the hell is captain janeway doing and no. the resolution is not ideal either ethically so in in, no. in a sense it although it's completely different it's kind of the same it's kind of a parallel in, in, in a way oh, it's not as strong a parallel as the Okamba underground in Caretaker and you've got the people underground in Enemy of the World it's not no, that's, not, that's, true. That, that, that's that, a very a strong parallel, parallel. Yeah, it's I, not I that I mean it's strong in that way I no just, I it's just, just that, you know there are nah, similarities you can pick out no, this is if you look okay it's a very lightweight episode it's a very jovial kind of 
you know, adventure of the day episode. Mm. But it's still controversial, and I'm not going to tell you why okay, until well, we watch it. Okay. Finding that out and uh, do, do you do you want to know the title of it? Gone. Kill the moon. Kill the moon. Kill the moon. Okay, that sounds rather random. Kill the moon. Mind you, Peter Capaldi was quite random. What's that? Exactly. Peter Capaldi was quite random at the best of times. So, you know, the titles kind of make sense for him. There you go. Next time on Trek to Who, kill the moon. Will the moon be killed? Can the moon be killed? Why is the moon being killed? What would make him say that? What would make him even think to kill the moon? You know, all these questions going through Phoenix's mind. Anyway, I've been Stu. And I've been Phoenix. This has been Trek to Who. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you've enjoyed it, even if I didn't as much this week. Hope you did. Bye. Bye for now.